Welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. Right over there, Sam. Right there's Micah, and I am Josh, and we're so glad that you are listening today. What's going on, guys? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It always is. It is it stopped a, raining uh, in Arkansas. It's a rainy day in the neighborhood. We have had in the last two weeks. We've had three days of school canceled because of extreme flooding in Chattanooga. Wow. So yeah, and thankfully they're on fall break starting tomorrow through Monday. So actually, some of our schools are on fall break right now, so they didn't have to cancel fall? school again. I mean. Uh, yeah, no, this isn't spring break now that I think of it. This is just something else besides spring break. I don't know what this is, but they're off for a, for a while. They're a break. Yeah, hey, did y'all see that the um, the Wildlife Photography Award went to somebody that shot a picture of two mice fighting in a London underground? What? What yeah, are you talking true. about, Josh? What do you pay attention to? Just talking about uh, Twitter. <laughs> I got off a, Twitter last week and it's been glorious. Sorry. There is a National Wildlife Photography Award and somebody caught a picture of two mice fighting in the underground. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's a good picture, but it won the wildlife. It's, I mean, why are they not wildlife, right? Mice are wildlife. So, anyways, mm. I just wanted to bring that up. Just wanted to tell you guys something neat I found. You know, when I worked at Lifeway, some of the guys uh, who I worked with used to call, I would bring something up like that, and they used to call it freeze facts. So, um, (laughs) we're going to come up with King's, I don't know what we're going to call it, King's Nuggets or something, but uh, that's what we're going to call it. I thought it was a great picture. I saw it last night. Wow. (laughs) Shut up, Sam. Um, (laughs) So, here we go. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be over here in the corner chuckling. show. So the um yeah anyways photography there Sam has great weather you have not great weather we have and you know weather. what we have a great sponsor talk about it church initiative yeah. yes church initiative a wonderful organization and you know it's it you're they're known for their resources you know uh, I don't know that too many people know the the business church initiative but they're the reason that they are prominent is because of the kinds of resources that pr- they produce and two in particular are Really grief just phenomenal. Share yeah, and grief share and divorce care. care. Right. Great, great stuff. Um, if you're a pastor or a church leader, these two resources are something that you need to be doing in your church because through the church initiative team, they equip your church members to get the program started. So really, it's not even on your plate. It's a great model, two great resources for people who are grieving or going through the pain of divorce. You can go to churchinitiative.org forward slash EST. That's important. Churchinitiative.org forward slash EST. You can learn more about them there. They'll be in the show notes um, at samrainer.com. So go check it out. Got to give props to our sponsor because, uh, well, they keep food on the table for us, guys. Hey, they're, and, they're the sponsors. And, they keep food on the table. It. And I'm telling you guys, this is a great ministry tool. We use it at Brainerd. I say this every week. We use it at Brainerd. We use both Grief Share and Divorce Share at Brainerd, uh, Divorce Care at Brainerd, and we are big fans. And so we're thankful for them. I'm telling you, if, you, if you're in a church and you're looking for a way to care for folks who are either struggling with divorce or have gone through some sort of trauma, grief, great ministry. Can't recommend it enough. Right. So find out more information at churchinitiative.org. Org uh, slash EST. So 
Last week, uh, Josh Tice, I think he's a relatively new buddy of yours, Sam. Um, I don't know that. Do you know Josh yet, Micah? I don't. You don't. You need to get to know him. Great guy. We had an episode where we talked about essentially this feeling of being in a tribe, but not necessarily feeling like you've completely fit into the tribe. You're part of it. You love it. But um, there's just some feelings about that. He and I both grew up in a different tribe than I am in now. But um, so anyways, fantastic episode. Just want to plug some of our previous episodes. Make sure if you're one of our first time listeners, you are going back and listening to some of those. A couple of weeks ago, we had a good episode on church discipline. This um, this topic today, though, came via Twitter. Uh, somebody on Twitter was asking us to talk about plagiarism and uh, how I guess that's pretty prominent or, you know, it's widespread in church leadership, which it really should not be. Well, let's say, so let's talk about this. I think um, I'm going to make an argument that it should be and it should not be both. Mm, okay. Nothing new under the sun. Th- there is that, right? Like, so sure. m- uh, my ministry, I am a product of all of those who I've studied from, I grew up under, influenced. And so to some degree, there are things that I say, mannerisms that I don't attribute to anyone because I don't even, th- it's so ingrained in me, it's a part of who I am, right? So uh, let's, be, uh, let's be aware of the fact that none of us are all that unique. All of us are, are you know, um, products of whoever we're around. And... Um, at the same time, I think what we're talking about that's problematic is that there are those who steal entire outlines, steal is maybe, well, no, steal is an appropriate word, entire outlines, <laughs> right. illustrations, you know, that sort of thing, and um, and yet uh, don't give attribution to the person they took it from. I, I can remember one example of um, uh, being at a seminary, I won't say what seminary, but mm-hmm. at a seminary and someone came to preach and two professors sitting there started giggling. And uh, one of them pulled up on their phone or, or iPad a sermon from a very well-known national speaker. And this chapel preacher and that day was basically word for word preaching this well-known pastor's message, at including seminary? that seems like you're yes, going to get caught, yeah. including illustrations as oh, his own. Stop it. I'm not kidding. That's and so, goodness. yeah, so that sort of thing is just and I mean, I, I you and I, we we all know of mm. multiple pastors who have been removed from their positions because right. somebody, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a life group leader, somebody came across and realized, oh, my word, they're week after week preaching somebody else's sermons. That's what we're saying is a problem. That is a problem. And I have no idea what you just said because (laughs) something happened and I I had to, I had to bow out. The computer decided it needed, (laughs) I needed to to bow out for a moment. But Micah, I completely agree. You Um, should. Whatever you just said, it was, it was the most beautiful thing our listeners have ever heard. So so I'm always right. So it's Uh, Sam, you can just affirm that it's, it's okay. (laughs) So, but we are talking, I I know the topic we're talking about plagiarism. So we were talking, Sam, we were talking about, I was talking about the difference between one that we're all shaped by those who've right. come before us. We use phrases and mannerisms and that sort of thing that are common to people who've been before us. And we don't even think about giving attribution because they're so ingrained in us. It's a part of us, right? Yeah. And at the same time, there's a difference between that and blatantly using sermon outlines, entire sermons, illustrations, and using them as our own without acknowledging, hey, he, I got this from someone else. Right. He gave an illustration of the pastor of West Bradenton flat ripping off sermons. That, that's I actually... That's 
just steal from you guys. That's all I do. I listen. I listen. I can to, tell you better people to steal from. I listen to Micah and then I preach his sermon. I listen to Josh and then I preach his sermon. It kind of just alternate week to week. It mm. seems to work for me. You know, um, we, my um, ministry's pastor and our college minister and student minister were out at some event. And uh, the speaker, this is a huge event, um, several several thousand. I think it was a college event. So there's a bunch of college students there. And uh, the speaker started, you know, he was preaching, he's going along. And um, the ministry's pastor leaned over to the college minister and said, his next illustration is going to be about such and such. And, you know, just blew the minds of our ministers that are sitting there. And uh, later on, they were like, how did you know? And he's like, he's flat ripping off this sermon. And then he just like brought up this, you know, this other famous person speaker. It's actually a female speaker. And uh, he was ripping off her talk that she gives everywhere. And um, that happens. And it's crazy that it happens as often as it does. You know? So this is not blatant plagiarism so much but you know i went to a bible college uh in my undergrad you and That's i both to, did josh find out yeah you and i both <laughs> did josh but um, um but um so when well, i can remember we had chapel three days a week i think it was when i was was when i was going to school and i remember um three days in a in a row three separate preachers all ended their sermon with the exact same illustration oh wow and the third day was my best friend's dad and i was just cringing just thinking oh no and it wasn't plagiarism it. it wasn't plagiarism at all it was a very well you guys have probably heard the, the sermon illustration about keeping your fork you know keep your fork because the yeah, best is yet yeah. to come they right. all three used the exact same illustration in their sermon three weeks in a row. And I mean, everybody was rolling their eyes by the third day, you know. Sure. And so, I mean, it's we're not just talking about that. But again, that can be indicative of a lack of effort and originality and creativity in your own, you know, development of your sermons. Have, so, have you, have you, either of you ever been plagiarized? Any rip off? Oh, oh, all the time. I mean, I really? find... <laughs> Yes, I, particularly <laughs> what I write, not my preaching. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to win any okay, awards yeah, for yeah. for my preaching. Yeah, um, but I do find some people that quote unquote borrow my my sermon series ideas, sure. which I get a lot of, not a lot, but I get some emails of, "Hey, can I use your material?" I'm uh -huh. always, if you ask, I don't care. Oh, yeah, y'all listen. I mean, <laughs> so it's I not can... a, it's not something that I take like personally. Um, in fact, it's kind of. I actually hey, think well, the opposite is yeah, true. I, think, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't get too upset about it. I'm, I'm worried about the person who would actually do that. And, you know, if they're, rip, if they're ripping off Sam Rayner, it's like, wow, discernment is pretty bad there. So, <laughs> Lacking. You know, um, I mean, the, problem is, the problem that is there's all these preachers around the country that are attributing quotes to Micah Fry's. Yeah, that's exactly um, so right. That's a dead Mike, giveaway. <laughs> yeah, Micah got, gets ripped off and he doesn't even get the credit. My good friend, to credit my good friend Micah Fry's. <laughs> my, my best buddy Fry's. <laughs> no, but so like one of the things we talk about at Brainerd is we would like to be a church that has larger influence on the global church, right? We And so right. we intentionally try and give away a lot of our stuff for free. Mm -hmm. And we're actually getting ready to ramp up some more of that that we give away for free. And I, I think that's a good thing, right? I mean, sure. John Piper is kind copied all over the place and N.T. Wright and Tim Keller and John MacArthur and, you know, and the list goes on, right? These are, and so that's a good thing. It means you have large global influence, but I have, I can remember not just sermons, y'all. I can remember we went to the effort of creating a logo at a previous church, hired, hired uh, an artist, paid a decent amount of money for a custom logo. 
ago. And about six months or a year later, I realized, and I'm not going to say the name, you all would know the person, um, <laughs> had taken our logo, put their own initials for their church in the logo, taken ours out, put theirs in, changed the color, and without asking or anything, it was now the new logo and brand for their church. Wow. And uh, yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, I didn't get up, not, not worked up or anything about it. I mean, it is what it is. It's fine. I've got, I, I didn't I've, care, but. I've got one of those. And. So, at my previous church, I did the graphic design and I liked doing it, but it would take a lot of time off of my plate because that's not naturally what I do. I didn't go to school that way. And uh, we created a Christmas series graphic, right? And the way the graphic was, as in many graphics, our logo was at the bottom right corner of the design. Well, so we start publicizing our Christmas services, et cetera. And the church, same tribe, the church in the neighboring town started publicizing the same graphic, the exact same graphic. They just had cropped off the bottom with our logo on it. I mean, I made it. So, I know they didn't, you know, pull it from it. I personally made this graphic and it was several layers. It's not like it was just a generic thing. And so, I mean, you're talking about ripping off something very close proximity, just blatantly, just crop off their logo and we're just going to run with it, you know? And so, that okay, was, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit now about the ethics of, of all of this that we've just talked through, right? Okay. Because to some degree, as you know, as Sam's point a minute ago, what I tried to, to some degree, this is what we want, right? I mean, we're creating things that benefit and serve the kingdom. It's not yeah. exclusively for our church. We want uh, the kingdom of God to, to advance. We want God to be glorified. And if God gets the glory, then it's great. Right? So to some mm-hmm. degree, we're glad for this to happen. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th- no, I mean, a little further than the neighboring church, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I would even say if the neighboring church wants to do it, if it's helpful. I mean, I, I don't I, know that I would get that worked up about it. I actually had that happen to me this year as I was preaching a series. Um, you know, I started a series and then there was a pastor down the road that was like two weeks behind me um, with my with my series. <laughs> on his sign. So it was it, it's just kind of weird. You know, I didn't That's I don't amazing. think so ethically, I don't think of course the creator of the of the material has done anything wrong as people take it and rip it off. Right. I don't necessarily think it's wrong. I in fact, there's no you know, we're joking, but this is a common phrase. There's nothing new under the sun. Um our chamber, oh, how R&D is rip off and um Oh, I forget what he calls the D part, but it's essentially that he says everything we've done great at the chamber in our city is because we saw somebody else do it and we're just taking it and modifying it for our place and we're going forward with it. I think that's fantastic. I think the difference is when you're not willing to admit that that's what you're doing. Yeah. So, this is what the point I wanted to make. I think the distinction is, do you have permission to take and use what you're using? Mm-hmm. That's the big question. I'm glad for people to take what we create. I mean, that's why we try and give it away. We create a website, resourcethe.church, where we literally put our stuff out there and give it away for free. So, we don't have any objection to that. What I do struggle with is when somebody takes it, claims it for their own, and doesn't give attribution to wherever it was created from or by mm-hmm. or, or whatever the case might be. I mean, if someone wants to take your sermon graphic, Josh, and they email you and say, hey, would you mind if we use this? You're going to say to them, Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad you can. I would love for you to do that. Yeah, but if they do it without the asking, it creates animosity and a lack of goodwill. We redid the whole who's your one stuff. Right. And yeah. we've had churches ask to use that. You know, because it's funny you know, that you mentioned plagiarism with that. Huh? It's funny that you mentioned plagiarism with who's your one. 
<laughs> we can't Sam has a bone to pick. Sam has, has a bone, bone to pick. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm just saying that there was another resource that my company put out a few months before that that, wow. you know, sounded- <laughs> You're just going to say it out there. We're not even editing vaguely, this out. Sounded vaguely familiar to who's your one. But, you know, that's, I guess that's another- <laughs> Right. Right. That's another Sam, story, I guess. Yeah. Our listeners, little known fact, Sam created 101 Evangelism. It's a, it's a brand new- <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. Fair Never point. Never mind, Philip, fair Nathaniel, the whole Bible. Um, but yeah, so. Um, <laughs> well, but we Josh just so our listeners know, invite your one is probably a better resource. Oh. oh. So we, uh, we've had lots of churches ask to use it. And I was like, absolutely. And so our creative um, guy person, he gets these requests. And I was like, yeah, just pull our logo off and ask them for their logo, which always shocks the other church. They were just going to, you know somehow modify it and we're like nah just send us your logo we'll put it in there the right way and we'll send it back so i'm with you i think it's great use it all do you think this happens more within church i feel like ministers are more apt to flat steal not attribute not even give credit to the other people church to church but they would not do that outside of the quote-unquote kingdom outside of the church they'll they, they would never rip off something from a major artist or you know a, a brand out there well, I, see I think that. there's probably a few reasons why that is, Josh. I think one lawsuits. That's right. I don't think there's a chance a church is going to come after and they're likely right. I mean, churches mm -hmm. aren't going to you know, go after someone. Uh, I'm not sure that that's a good justification for why you should do it. In fact, I know that's not a good justification for why you shouldn't do it. But I think that's part of it. I think part of it is also because of the volume of reading, writing and speaking that um, pastors do there's probably a higher likelihood that we're going to use something from someone else. And I think that's where the, you know, the ethical responsibility in our lives is just, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we give attribution. And by the way, I have used outlines from other pastors before. It's very rare. I've probably done it less than three or four times in my ministry. But when I do, and I say, Hey, I just want you guys to know this outline, somebody else put it together. I just thought it made sense when I looked at the text. And so I'm using it. Not one time have I ever had anybody push back and say, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you? And I think that's what pastors are afraid of. If I acknowledge mm -hmm. this came from somebody else, they're going to think I'm no, I think they're going to think that's great that you're doing the study that you found someone that, that handled it well and that you're still preaching it well and that you're there's some humility enough, I guess, to acknowledge that somebody else is doing it. You know, somebody yeah. else has helped so create it. Every sermon on the, the, the story of the prodigal son. It, like you're a fool if you don't use Tim Keller's stuff from Prodigal God, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, exactly right. I mean, when I preach that passage, I I just say, guys, there is there is a preacher who has really kind of captured what this pa what this passage is, and and let me share with you some of their thoughts. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you're doing that every week, that's a problem, right? Sure. But if if there is kind of a seminal <laughs> Uh, you know, work that's a sermon. You know, I think of Payday Someday by R.G. Lee. Um, you know, I think of, you know, other other sermons that have been preached that are just kind of, you know, just th th those are amazing sermons. And you want to use that material, and it is historically important. You're actually doing good to your church by teaching historical theology to them through somebody else's sermon. Yeah. You just need to say you're doing that. That's exactly right. Well, well so that brings up my curiosity on this how do we actually you know attribute this work to other people because you know like you've said I, I might give a talk on leadership just to the staff or 
and it doesn't it's just not always conducive to you don't want to put a big old copyright thing on an image that you found you don't want that looks weird it might mess up the flow of things well for one here's one of the things i would say josh when it comes to images it's really simple in google image search for you you know there is a search there's a there's a designation in the search engine that allows you to only search for images that have a copyright that allows you to reuse them Right. And so if or you first of all, like Wikipedia or, has the right. same thing. As so well. first, if uh, that's the first thing I would recommend, if you're going to search for images, search for images that already it within their copyright, give you permission to use it. And then there's no attribution necessary. You're able mm -hmm. to use it without. Uh, um, now, there are some that the copyright says, hey, you can use this with attribution. OK, that's mm -hmm. fine. Just acknowledge whatever the copyright says and, and adhere to the copyright. I, I think, though, when it comes to what we say, that one's easy. I mean, just. Hey, I, I want to walk you through three points about X, Y, Z. And, and uh, you know, I was listening to or reading so-and-so the other day, and I heard this from them, and I thought it was really helpful, and I want to share it with you. Piece of cake. You don't lose. I don't think, I think people are afraid of saying that because they're afraid of losing credibility. I think you gain credibility when you're honest like that. But I do think it needs to rise to a certain level of, like, you're talking about the whole outline, or you're talking about, like, you know, if you're going to quote uh, a paragraph of somebody, but as we've said a couple times now, Every, I mean, like no little thought, very few of sure. my thoughts are original to me. Sure. You don't have to attribute all, like if you were writing it, you could footnote it or innote it or whatever, but you can't, yeah. you can't do that in a sermon. So I just don't want our hearers to think or feel some sort of guilt, you right. know? So Here. that's a great point because what's, what's common knowledge in your field? So if I read three commentaries on a particular passage and they pretty much all say the same thing. Sure. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need to attribute that commentary thought to a particular author unless i'm quoting them mm -hmm. or, or or if it's if it's novel or unique and you know it's it's the phrase it's a turn of the phrase that's just really good you might want to quote somebody but if if you know this is material that is in all of the commentaries you're reading no you don't need to cite that that's just you doing your homework well and i was going to say i think there's a difference between referencing concepts versus specific quotations, mm. right? So if you're referencing a concept, I'm not as concerned about a specific citation with a concept, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to quote word for word something, I feel like even if it's just one sentence, I likely should. In fact, I'll give you an example. I preached at a couple of different chapels for two different colleges this week. And in both of those chapels, you guys know I worked for Ed Stetzer for four years. And there's uh, Ed likes to say uh, the, the Christian church in America is not undergoing persecution right now, but we have lost the home field advantage, right? So that's a Stetzerism. I say that regularly in my sermons. And every time I say it, I say, hey, you know, my, my friend and former boss, Ed Stetzer, he likes to say, Americans aren't being persecuted and uh, Christians aren't being persecuted in America, but we have lost the home field advantage. I'll say it that way every time because that's his line. So if it's conceptually what someone is communicating, I'm not so sure there's a huge issue with a lack of citation. But if you're going to recite word for word, I think there should probably be a citation in there. That's just yeah, my preference. And, that, and that's where I get annoyed with some of my stuff because I'm a writer and I see some of my lines stolen or some of my blog post concepts basically just mirrored with yeah. – yeah. different language and it's like okay you very clearly got this from my blog <laughs> right. which i put out there publicly and it's free and use it if you like but it when you put it on your own blog as your own as your own stuff and right. it's like okay and you're I, selling I, ads and and, and those sort of things. maybe yeah. maybe you even copy and pasted a couple sentences and then kind of reworked it as your own i'm like that's just flat out plagiarism that's that is annoying and yeah. i will say my other pet peeve 
is people who uh, do social media that way. Yes. Um, where I was just they, about to say, we haven't talked about the digital side of this. Right. Who put, who put out quotes on social media as if it is their own mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, that is a, that's a known quote from this other leader over right. here who he's, again, like Micah is saying, he's known for that line. Right. And so, this doesn't just apply to sermons and- If you want to make everybody happy- Go sell ice cream. Don't be a leader. Which has been attributed to to a lot of different people. (laughs) Yes, and I'll tell you what I do on that. Uh, You may if you if you follow me on social media. If there's quotes, if I hear a quote or something, I like it. I will go try to search it out. But then you'll find out real quick that ice cream one has been attributed to everybody. So I just put it in quotes. I tweet it, but put it in quotes. Just mean that's a great idea. Yeah, I didn't do this, but it's a great line. You know, I didn't come up with it. Yeah, and I'm not going to sit here and attribute it to somebody who probably didn't say it either. So, Well, we've got um, – I've got a really good friend. You guys would know him. I'm not going to say his name here, but he wrote a book recently, and it's caught fire. I mean, it's really been successful. And he and I have been speaking in the last couple of weeks, and he's been really frustrated because the concept, the dominant theme of the book is now being replicated all over the place, mm-hmm. including by people very close to him with no attribution, and they're not engaging him. Now, to some degree, you know, I told him, I said, you've written and hit on a concept that others have felt for a long time but haven't exactly put into words and so there should be some affirmation for you that it's Mm -hmm. running around but it is frustrating this is to sam's point like it's frustrating you've invested a lot of time energy uh you're glad for other people to use it just don't pretend like it's your own concept you know and i don't even mind if you write something that pretty much mimics what i have written and you just say kind of in an introductory part of the book where uh hey i i i was inspired by Rainer's exactly. work or what have you. I just think but you do that. You do that. Everything after that's fair game. I mean, that's that's a good half of the books my dad has written. By the way, yeah. You know, yeah. Where, where did breakout churches come from? Well, he makes it very clear. He got the idea from Jim Collins and Good to Great. He actually called Jim Collins and asked for permission. And you yeah, know, yeah. And that's, that's do all right. of that. That's something else. I would even go a step further. If you're going to borrow or steal something Josh King has come up with. I don't I don't even care if you put my name on anything. If I just feel like it's decent to call or tweet me or something and be like, "Hey, well, I love that. I'm going to steal it." Let's like, let's Great. not even let's if if I can push even a little harder, Josh. I don't even think it's an issue of decency. I think there's an issue of humility that should mm. be clear for those of us who are pastors and church leaders that I think is the missing ingredient here. Mm-hmm. We want the concepts to be seen as our own. And there there should be a certain I mean we're, we're pastors and church leaders, y'all, for crying out loud. There should be an expectation of humility in our lives where we are glad to give credit to other people. Right. And, and, and you know, like I'm saying here is, you know, I've had people tweet me and be like, man, I love that series. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to steal it here. And I'm like, man, and I always respond the same way I've said it a couple times. There's nothing new under the sun. Take it, man. Or there's been a couple times I say, dude, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't start that. Actually, I stole that at Austin Stone or something. So like, they're the ones that yeah. we stole it from. You stole it from them. So I think that that's fine. I do think though, there should be, for lack of a better word, a governor on this concept. We serve a creative God. Literally, that's how the story starts, right? And we, you should be able to, if you're in the same city, you should be able to occasionally have, you know, an original thought. So, I think that while there is this massive amount of freedom to use and use alike, um, I think at some point, don't be lazy in that. Uh, be creative. 
you know, uh, if Sam's post inspires you, then put the work into taking it to another level or taking it to another direction or something like that. And in, like I think, Sam, you said it a minute ago, engage with you on the thought. You know, I, at some point, be a little creative. We've seen that in different settings where we're really uh, finding some wind in ourselves from an effort that we're doing. And, and then a church down the road, you know, just steals the whole concept. And there's no attribution, but it is just blatant stealing of a concept that we're really pushing. So I want to encourage people to try to be creative. Just try it. <laughs> and it'll and it'll be better for your church. It'll be, be you know, if we have a lot of people who are pushing into that creativity, mm-hmm. um, I think the kingdom is a, is a better place. Um, and and I would say, well, to Josh, to your point, ahead. there are. I mean, Sam, to your point, and Josh, to yours as well. There are going to be a lot of pastors who are listening to this who aren't super creative, right? But I doubt there's any of us who don't have creative people in our church. Mm-hmm. Bring some people into the process. You say, well, I'm not creative. I got, okay, bring two or three people in your teenagers, college students, whoever that think creatively, sit them down say, here's the concept I'm trying to think through. Help me to think about how we can yeah. communicate this in a creative manner. Let me just, let me just say that I appreciate you attributing both mine and Sam's point in that last point. There. I appreciate <laughs> you crediting us on that, but I'm glad maybe we should do a whole episode on so you're not creative. Now what? Because I think a good the idea. three of us are pretty creative. Oh, yeah. Ingenuity. And so, okay. So are we all in agreement on those who get caught plagiarizing in very egregious ways that they, that's probably, I won't say to the level of moral failure in the, in the traditional sense of the term moral failure, but would you say it's close? I, I do think there, I think it's dishonesty. I think there's an element of, of one line and two pride that can be wrapped up in that. And so I think at bare minimum, it, I mean, I know multiple pastors who've been fired for it. It's yeah. definitely not above reproach. And, and I would say there's degrees here. You know, I, I consume a lot of content and read a lot of books and there might be a phrase that I throw out there that I don't really know I'm plagiarizing just because I've, you know, I've just read it and it just stuck in my head and, you know, right. like, whoops, you know, I, I didn't quite really, oh, it came from that book. I guess what I'm saying is if there is a pattern of stealing, a pattern of taking from others and trying to make it your own. That's a very serious problem. Yep. Um, and it's it's something I believe that the local church where that pastor is or that church leader is probably needs to address. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's not stealing? Using amazing resources that are provided for you through. <laughs> that was a great segue, Josh. <laughs> because they want you to do that. They want They're you. They're asking you. They're there to, for to, you. Yes, the church initiative, and they've got the two great resources, Grief Share, um, Divorce Care. You can learn more about them uh, at churchinitiative.org slash E-S-T. And so, uh, Josh, you usually do the sign-off, man. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to hand it right back to you. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out churchinitiative.org. We'll catch you later. Peace. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Tom Rayner. I'm here to tell you about Church Initiative. This ministry partner has been around for a quarter century, 25 years, and they're the creator of two highly respected ministries that can help your church grow and revitalize. They are Grief Share and divorce care. I just commend them to you greatly. I know you're busy, so the thought of adding another ministry sounds challenging, 
But the makers of grief care, share and divorce care get that. It's why they have a team of experienced coaches. They equip your church members to get the program started. So it's not just on your plate. Pastors are saying this is one of the most easiest, most effective ministries they've ever offered. Visit churchinitiative.org forward slash EST to learn more about this life-changing support group that will draw people to your church. Or check today's show notes and you can find the link there. Make sure you join us and learn about Church Initiative and their great ministries. 